0: a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. This is MANA. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of MANA, podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. I'm your host, Jeff Peterson. Now, none of the guys that you're going to meet on this podcast would consider themselves to be extraordinary, but it's their humble, holy way of living exactly what makes them extra. And uh, I am very excited for you to meet them. So, hey, we've got a neat one for you uh, here today. Um, Neat. I don't don't know if anybody says neat anymore. Um, uh, Maybe we should bring it back. Uh, Anyway, every once in a while, um, we have an opportunity here on the show to be introduced to men outside of all of our personal circles who are doing very cool things out there in the world that align with the kind of the mission of manna. And today's guest and his work is a great example of that. uh, He's the author of a uh, still relatively new book, uh, came out last spring, called Milestone to Manhood, a Christian rite of passage to help your son make the leap from boyhood to manhood. Very cool. Very creative book uh, that helps fathers help their sons make the transition from boyhood to manhood uh, in ways that aren't influenced by a lot of the junk that we all had to slog through uh, in our own uh, coming-of-age stories, you know, whether it was you know media projections, which are now even worse with uh, with social media, um, so stereotypes, uh, super super outdated notions of what a man is and what proving your manhood, you know, is or was. Ugh. I mean, it's a miracle any of us made it out. Of of that stage alive. (laughs) Uh, But instead, our guest's book, uh, which was inspired by his own father's commitment to him as a teen, uh, which we'll hear more about here, uh, uh, this book sets the stage and a path toward a more virtuous definition and life of a man by reaching uh, him as a teen. Uh, Now, I'm not going to give too much of it away here, uh, because it's going to be way more inspiring uh, to hear it from the man himself but outside of his literary prowess uh, our guest is a husband and father of two uh, out there in the great state of oregon which i have to embarrassingly, i just recently learned the pronunciation of oregon and it's not oregon uh, out here in minnesota where we, we give the long o's to everything so oregon uh and uh, he's been busy these last few months being interviewed and so you maybe seeing this guy on, on YouTube and podcasts. He's out, he's out there talking about this very cool book, the idea behind it, uh, and the potential, you know, I think movement, uh, that it might create as more people learn about it, just like us today. So let's, uh, let's hear from the author, author himself. Please welcome today's man up man, Mr. Stephen Arms. Hey, Stephen.
1: Hey Jeff. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, it is great to have you uh, here on MANA, and I can't wait to hear all about the book. Uh, but, but first, let's, um, le- I'd, I'd love to hear, let's hear the origin story behind the book, uh, because it comes from a very, uh, as, a, as I alluded to in the intro, it comes from a very personal experience uh, of your own uh, with your own dad. So look, take us back to what you were like 13, something like that, and, uh, and kind of where this whole idea came from.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, my dad on my 13th birthday gave me a surprise weekend that he called a rite of passage. Um, the weekend, it didn't just involve my dad, actually. Um, he, did, he was the leader in organizing it, but he also included my grandfather and two of my uncles. Um, so really all of the male role models in my life took me away for this rite of passage weekend on my 13th birthday. And essentially the purpose of the weekend, um, to put it succinctly is that they all told me at the end of this weekend, you will no longer be considered a boy in this family, but you will officially be considered a man in this family. So that's really what the purpose of the weekend is, is to initiate a boy into manhood and My dad felt that 13 years old was uh, the appropriate age for that. Um, One, because, you know, the boy is becoming a teenager, so it's already kind of a milestone birthday. Um, And then when you look at other examples of rites of passages in other cultures, um, they all tend to happen around that age of 12 or 13 years old. The most well-known example of a rite of passage is probably the Jewish bar mitzvah. In in the Jewish faith, it's the bar mitzvah that uh, helps the boy uh, achieve the status of man. And Mm -hmm. that occurs at the age of 13. So my dad thought, you know, there's probably some wisdom there. And he also thought, you know, 13 is probably a little bit on the young side to initiate someone into manhood. You know, typically we think of manhood beginning at 18 or 21 years old or Maybe when you get married. But the thinking was it's probably better to initiate a boy into manhood a little bit too early rather than a little bit too late, right? By the Mm -hmm. time a boy gets to 18 years old or beyond, he's probably already made some pretty important life decisions at that point. And by initiating a boy into manhood before that, it gives him that his confidence in his masculine identity as he goes through his teenage years so that he doesn't feel like he needs to prove himself as a man. Mm -hmm. When, when a dad just tells his son, I consider you to be a man, then the boy doesn't feel the need to prove it to himself. So that's really what the weekend is in a nutshell. Um, We do talk about some specific rituals that we uh, engaged in during the weekend, which we can talk about as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and those rituals are kind of what is the 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 meat and potatoes of the weekend.
0: Yeah, it's kind of the form around it, you know. And, and I, I agree with uh, with with your point of view around you know better to catch them younger than older. And especially nowadays, I feel like you know, and this is such a cliche here, but you know, kids grow up so fast, and I think they're growing up faster. You know, like when I think back to when I was thirteen, when you think back to when you were thirteen, our thirteen year olds today are. Much older than we were at thirteen, uh, and then and then for your dad, okay, then go back to that generation uh, when your dad was thirteen. That was, that represented another sort of you know dimension and era, and and so so speaking of your dad, like d- d- is this something that your dad had been also uh, introduced to as a, as a, as a coming of age man himself?
1: So actually, the answer to that question is no. Quite the opposite. My dad um, grew up without a father figure in his house um, my his parents separated when my dad was five years old and my grandfather moved down to Mexico so my dad actually only saw his dad after the age of five he only saw him three times in his life Wow um, in, in visiting him down in Mexico and So my dad really didn't have an example of what it means to be a man, what it means to be a husband or a father. And so when he grew up, he was really determined that um, he wanted to, A, have a marriage that did not end in the, the way that his parents' marriage did. He wanted a lifelong marriage and B, he wanted to be a really involved dad and essentially to give his kids the type of dad that he never had yeah so i think it's because he came from this kind of wounded um childhood is that that's why he was so motivated to do something really special for his sons when we turned 13 and Mm -hmm. um my my maternal grandfather so my dad's father-in-law kind of um took that father took that fatherhood role in my dad's life. And he became a mentor to my dad. Uh, so my fa- my maternal grandfather and my dad kind of developed this weekend together. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow, it's so cool. And I know just reading up a little bit, your dad's a deacon. So he's obviously, he's, he's coming with a lot of, <clears throat> he wasn't just winging it here, you know, <laughs> coming up with this weekend idea. I think there's obviously a lot of, thoughtfulness and planning and you mentioned some of the the rituals that we'll get into here in a second but before we get specifically now into the weekend which then shapes the book and kind of this prescription if you can think back to that age and you go through this was this a like would would you have def- considered yourself even prior to this this event this rite were you already pretty dialed in to you know, the church, Jesus and, you know, kind of living with faith or, or was this milestone, you know, this event, did this sort of like light it up or, or is it something that as you just continue to grow, you know, you're just, it just kind of keeps building a little bit, you know, gradually, you know, over time or like, I guess the question is how, how much, what, what kind of a uh, impression uh, did this, did this right have on you personally with, with specifically your faith kind of journey?
1: That's a great question. So, you know, before the weekend, definitely grew up in a family that went to church every Sunday, you know, prayed before meals. Um, faith was important to both mom and dad. Um, but you know, I was a 12 year old kid and I think I had the faith of a 12 year old kid, you know, Um, the weekend itself, there were definitely a lot of elements of the Christian faith in it. So there's a scripture sharing exercise, there's blessings, there's prayers. uh, There's a lot of symbolism uh, for the Holy Spirit. We light a fire during the weekend, which represents God's presence in our life. Um, So the weekend is definitely centered around the Christian faith. Um, I think you know, even leaving the weekend, what was what made the biggest impression on me was probably hearing the stories from my dad, my grandfather and my uncles about how important their faith was to them and why they're Christians, um, how it affects their life. And they really were able to share kind of concrete examples Um During the weekend with me about why their faith was so important to them and how they kind of lived it out in their lives. I remember my dad, um, during the scripture sharing exercise, he shared the Beatitudes and how Christ says, um, you know, blessed are you when they persecute you. And he was sharing how at work, he found it kind of difficult to pray during the lunch hour because he thought he was going to be judged and, you know, there's no one else does it. So he's making himself kind of an outsider by doing that. And he, so he was kind of nervous about it, but he said, you know, that passage gives me a lot of comfort that, you know, even if I do get persecuted for my faith, for showing my faith at work, ultimately, you know, that's actually a good thing. Christ says that that's going to happen in the Christian life. Um, So it was stories like that, that, I think made an impression on me. Now, I'll say, I'll be the first to say that I was not an angel child, you know, as I went through my teenage years. Um, But, you know, I do remember, uh, so one thing about the weekend is that a lot of the guys, they all end up saying, you know, um, now that you are a man in this family, you are part of, you are one of us, you are part of a tribe of men and, if you ever go into um, kind of a rough patch in life, um, if you're ever going through something difficult or having questions, please come to us because we have your best interest at heart. We love you unconditionally and we will never judge you. We we want the best for you and we will help you um, through thick and thin. And it really wasn't until college, when I got to college, and I started to meet people um, who had different uh, beliefs than I did different backgrounds, different faith backgrounds, maybe no faith background at all. And I would say that kind of popped my the little bubble that I was raised in, you know, Mm -hmm. and it really made me start to question my faith and my belief in God, you know, and I was really nervous to talk to my parents about questioning the faith and telling them that I'm not sure that I believe in God anymore. But ultimately I remembered in college, I remembered back to this weekend as a 13 year old and how, you know, every man had said, please come to us. If you have questions, we love you unconditionally, no matter what, you know, and we will, we're here to help you. And it was, it was those words that gave me the confidence to go back to my dad to go back to my grandfather and kind of have those deeper conversations with them and you know, just tell them straight up, I'm not sure if I believe in God anymore. And why do you tell me more? Why do you believe in God? You know, like, why is your faith important to you? And they weren't able to answer every single one of my questions, but they were able to share more of their own faith journeys with me and more of why they believe what they believe yeah and you know hindsight is twenty twenty I don't know what would have happened otherwise, but I will say you know there's a good chance that if it wasn't for this thirteen year old rite of passage weekend, I don't know if I would be a practicing Christian today if it wasn't because of it
0: sure yeah well and and also i think I think this this journey, you know, that you're kind of describing this path where, you know, it wasn't all just, you know, from the time of, from 13 on, it hasn't just been like this rocket ship of, of, you know, of divine living. You know, I think as we all go through stages of consolation and desolation, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like when you come out of those periods of desolation or questioning, you know, you emerge with an even stronger um, faith or an even stronger muscle, you know, because because it's been worked out. When when did you realize then that you were onto something here, like a book, you know, that that really deserved to be shared more broadly?
1: So, you know, every time that we have ever, you know, had a conversation with other guys at our church or family friends about what our family does for a boy's 13th birthday, uh, inevitably they say two things. One, they say, man, that sounds so cool. I wish my dad had done that for me. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing they say is I want to do that for my son. And so I think it was those, um, those comments, you know, that reaction in those conversations that we realized, you know, this is something that people are interested in, you know, like we could probably share this with other families. And the other thing is that, um, this rite of passage tradition is, it's always kept as a secret from the boy. So the 13-year-old boy doesn't know that it's coming. Um, And my youngest cousin just had his rite of passage in 2020. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of like the last rite of passage that we did in our family for this generation. When my son turns 13, he'll have a rite of passage too. But that's not for another 12 years. He's only one, one year old now. So I think it was because we did the last rite of passage in our family, that it was like one chapter has kind of closed. And yeah. this is a perfect time to share this with the rest of the world so that yeah. other families can benefit from this weekend in the same way that our family has.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And, and, and and yeah, your son can't read the book and go, Oh, okay. I got this coming up. (laughs) He's got some space there before he finds out that, well, it's just, it's, it's, it's so inspiring. It's literally inspiring, Stephen. And I just, I'm so um, I'm so uh, glad that you, that you did have the time to get it down on paper that it's out there in the world. Um, And so, so folks can, can find it. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it at wherever you get your books. Yeah, you can you can read it and uh, just really encourage all of our listeners to check that out. Um, we are we are already though um, not to cut us off too prematurely, but we're already uh, Stephen at the f- what we call the fun segment of the show, uh, which is where we wrap up by asking the same three questions to every guest and just see what they say. So uh, so fun segment question. Number one, if Jesus knocked on your door tomorrow up uh, there in Oregon, not Oregon, uh, <laughs> just knocked on your door tomorrow morning and just wanted to hang out for the day, what are you going to do with Jesus?
1: Um, I would say, you know, I would probably take him in the living room and just want to sit down. And I mean, at first I would probably kiss his feet and just hug him, you know, uh, just spending time with him. You know, I probably wouldn't even say anything for the first hour. You know, Mm -hmm. I would just want to be in his presence and gaze on him. You know, um, I often think about what would it be like to just have an embrace with Christ? You know, what would it be like for him to just wrap his arms around me and how good would that feel? You know? Mm -hmm. So I think that's the first thing. Um, I would, you know, I would love to have a conversation with him and just ask him everything and everything about the world and how he created it. Um, and then, you know, I would love to, you know, call up my family and say, Hey, get over here now. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Exactly. Guess who's here. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So I would say those three things is what I would probably end up doing.
0: I think that sounds like a great day. All right. Fun segment question number two, if you could go to church with any other guy, living or dead famous or not famous who would be the man that you would go to church with
1: i would go to church with my grandfather um he was a really good uh role model for me and kind of a north star in my life we really had a strong connection our minds just kind of thought a lot of like and he was a man of strong faith you know he um He went to the same church for, you know, over 50 years and just, he just knew everybody at his church and had a very active faith life. It really shaped him into this loving, generous man, you know. Mm -hmm. And he was the role model for me that showed me what it means to be a man. And, uh, he passed away in 2016. And, um, I would, you know, I would really love to sit down and tell him about my wife and tell him about my children. You know, he never got to meet them. So uh, I would I would really love to go to church with him and just be in his presence, you know, for that hour. Yeah, that'd be great.
0: All right, fun segment question number three. Wrapping it up here. Uh, If you could give uh, one piece of advice to a younger man Kind of coming of age, maybe this exact stage that we're talking about here. Uh, a, a piece of advice about living—you know—a confident, you know, humble yet holy life of faith. What would be that one piece of advice you'd you'd give?
1: The first that comes to mind is probably to be um, very careful about who you select as friends and who you spend time with, because. Mm. The men that you're closest with, your the peers that you are closest with, will have an incredible impact on how you think, how you spend your time, um, and they'll have an incredible impact on your life. You know, um, so I would say that if there was one piece of advice I would give right now, it's probably be very careful about who you select for your friends and who you, who you allow to influence yourself.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's great. I think that's good for adults too. I think we can we can also take that for ourselves, and uh, we are we're we're an average of all the people that we hang out with. I heard that years ago, so I always think about that. And my average just went up meeting you, Stephen Arms. So thank you so much uh, for again for listeners. Uh, the book is called Milestone to Manhood: A Christian Rite of Passage to Help Your Son Make the Leap from Boyhood to Manhood. Check it out, Amazon, wherever you get your books. Um, get it, read it uh if you've got a son i would encourage you to really think about orchestrating this uh i just i i i uh, I think it's just a super creative idea and something that can really uh, reap dividends virtuous dividends for both the boy and i think anybody who's uh around that uh, boy now man as he as he goes through life so thanks again steven it was great to meet you and thanks for all the work you're doing
1: Thank you so much for having me, Jeff. It's been an honor to be on your show. Thank you for listening to MANA. If you have any
0: questions or recommendations for future guests, send them to manapodcast at gmail.com.